to episode 20 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Vib. And I'm Sean. And neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we move on, let's quickly award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. Now, as a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. Are you happy? I'm happy. I'm actually quite happy. I, uh, I'm proud of it. <laughs> As you might be able to tell this week, again, Vib is getting it for, the, for inventing the word humanid while talking about uh, Warhammer 40k, which was just hilariously stupid. Yeah, the, the hive mind humans that the Emperor is trying to create. I stand by it. It's going to be a great race. GW, uh, pay me some uh, royalties again. Again? <laughs> Doesn't matter how many times you ask them, it's not going to happen. We do have to uh, spe- special mention special mention to uh, Jimmy Space, the Emperor, for being literally the most psychic human that has ever existed, and still not seeing the Horus Heresy coming. GG, well done. GG, indeed. He really is quite something, as uh, as old Jimmy Space. Um, anyway, no, let's move swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Wasting no time, welcome a very special guest, the second ever guest on Expertise is Overrated. Welcome, Lionheart. Hello. 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 Really struggled as you did your intro not to like jump in myself and be like, and welcome everyone, Lionheart here with part... <laughs> Wait, no, no, it's, it's not one of mine. Like, I actually don't have to do anything with this. I'm not having to record anything, because like when I do the Warcast, I have to record all that and edit it. I'll, I'll... Huh. I mean, I'm, hey, if I'm, you're I'm offering off- to edit, I'm not going to say no. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> two thirds of the way through this beer right now, so I am all good. <laughs> That's impressive. You started that beer five minutes ago. Her uh, parent life. <laughs> well, of course. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. That's massive. I mean, I, t- to be fair, I I don't desperately need this beer tonight because we Cubheart went for went slept from ten thirty last night till four thirty in one go. My Woke God. up, had some had some boob and then went back to sleep for a couple more hours. So I, I that's like the closest to norm, normal sleep for the last month. And it felt magical. <laughs> that's really so I, pro- thing is I probably jinxed it and tonight. I'm going to get one hour's sleep and just be a puddle of just flesh in the morning of just uh, why see. And when you're doing that, just edit this episode to keep your mind off things. Oh, I could or, 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 <laughs> I could probably weekly attempt to to record some of the some of my videos. That is arguably much more important. Yeah. One of those yeah. makes you money. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those makes nobody any money. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so yeah, welcome Reinhardt. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Um I think it's it's probably sensible for us to start with the called the Q and A. Small time YouTuber, obviously. We, we're very happy to have you. We're always happy to give someone a break into show business. I mean, I really, I really appreciate this exposure you're giving me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, massively, uh, right? Yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. This um, will uh, increase your viewership by potentially about minus five viewers. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, on, on the off chance that someone has successfully found our podcast and doesn't know who you are. And I think the chances of that are actually zero. 
because we wouldn't have met. I mean, it depends on which parts of the internet you put this on. Literally anywhere that will take us. No, it's it's a fair point there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a a fair point, Sean. I think we should actually be very angry with Lionheart because without him, I'd be so much happier in my life. Yeah, this, this is your fault. This is entirely your fault. Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of funny how the world works, I suppose, because I, I met Sean because we both happen to be mods on your Discord channel. Ah, uh, server, yes. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. As you say, weird, weird how the world, world's been. I'm all about bringing people together, so I'm just glad it's worked out for you guys. So, you know, this is where it turns around on us, and when we start making our millions, you know, <laughs> a, a week or two, he's going to claim. Like, Don't uh, forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think there's any risk of that. No, virtually none. Um, virtually, <laughs> virtually none. Anyway, um, so you are obviously, as, as Sean puts it, a small-time YouTuber. Um, that is to say. Uh, pretty much the biggest Total War YouTuber there is. Uh, congrats on 400,000 subscribers. I think that was... Uh, when was that? A few months ago? A few months ago, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Huge, huge milestone there. Uh, I think that also means you didn't lose a bet against... Um, uh, what's his name? Legend of Total War. Yes. Yeah, it was... <laughs> well, thing is, I, I had like really nothing to lose with that. It was all about him avoiding having to... Uh, do a play a throg campaign, a troll king campaign <laughs> again. Again, <laughs> any, again opportun- yeah. any opportunity he can try and dodge doing that for his community, he takes it. <laughs> yeah, one, one really wonders why he keeps making that bet. Because he, 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 he likes pain. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But he so obviously hates that campaign, and say it quietly, it's not a very good one. It's not like, you know, your community going, would, will you go back to do another Adresian Kingdom or when are we getting another Rome to, that is Adresian Kingdom, but like another Empire or something yeah. like that. Like, Throg's just I mean, not good. To be fair, out of the, out of the, how the two Norsecan factions are, I, I, I like the idea of Throg more than Wolfric, actually. <laughs> the idea of. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've just, I mean, one of them's just a, just looks like Tormund from Game of Thrones. Who is who? I mean, Tormund's awesome, uh, but the other one's a freaking king of the trolls. So uh, that was a that was an easy pick. <laughs> I suppose he is conceptually more fun. Yeah, he he is just objectively worse, though, isn't he? I think is the is the problem, uh, especially if you're a bit they'll, of a min maxer. They'll get some love again at some point when CA remember them. Yeah, when Warhammer three rolls out and uh, Throg just gets even more bullied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but taking it right back to the beginning, so YouTuber, um, I guess the first question is when when did when did you decide to, you know, get into all that, start making videos, uh, and then turning it into what is now quite a successful career? Um, well, I mean, like the original videos that I that I did were quite by accident, just because I found a program that many like. A, OG gaming YouTubers will have used called Fraps, um, mm. which is probably one of the worst programs you can possibly use to record your screen because it just it you, it pulls every single like 
ounce of power that it can from your processor to capture your screen, which at the time was cutting edge. But as we now know, <laughs> having plenty of processor power to run your games and everything else is quite important. Um, so, I mean, everyone's gaming videos, uh, I first started uploading in 2009, um, just when Empire Total War came out. And, and I had fraps, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can use this as it can record my screen. I wonder if it can record this game I've just got, this this cool new game called Total War Empire. But it's on this... It's on this terrible new platform called Steam, and I like CDs and discs, and oh, this will never catch on. Uh, that lasted all about like six months, and I was like, oh, patches instantly. This is amazing. This is great. Um, no, I yeah, so, hated Steam. Yeah, I uh, my whole friend group, I remember my sort of whole friend group of, of gamers, um, all, we were all absolutely against it. We were like, no, we're going we're gonna to keep supporting the, the retail stores, buy the discs, never go digital, and now... I mean, it's been at least seven or eight years since I had a disk drive in my PC, and I, th- there's never going to be another one in there ever again. Um, so you, you say that v- not to get Viva Steam. <laughs> wait, wait until GameStop actually reaches the moon, okay? Yeah. We'll be back to buying CDs. Uh, I've already, I've already cashed out. Ah, <laughs> boo! I, I actually made a, made a profit on my investment. <laughs> but um, yeah, two, 2009 started off just uploading video I, I did a review a, a really janky review on a on a youtube channel which i'm pretty sure is dead now Ooh. he says giving it a quick check actually actually dead mm-hmm. is it actually i'll be really amazed actually if it's still alive somehow i'm pretty sure i deleted it it was called just drinking tea um because obviously i had to play to the only like solid british stereotype that is internationally (laughs) recognizable and that is that we all drink tea and our blood is actually tea and every yeah it's all tea uh but yeah i called it just drinking tea and I, i uploaded this one janky review video of empire total war and it was all the wrong aspect ratio there were black bars on the side of it it was it was as far as videos go it was absolutely shocking Seven minutes thirty-three of absolute shockingness, uh, but it got five hundred views, and I mean the, the channel had like maybe like fifteen subscribers or something, and had maybe it got maybe like twenty-five comments saying, "Oh, you should you should play more of this; would be great." And then I suddenly realised that Just Drinking Tea was a terrible name for probably a gaming <laughs> channel, and the only other name I had in mind for launching my my gaming video career was uh, my my gamer ID that that I'd had for years, which was Lionheart X10. So I slapped that into YouTube. I tried taking Lionheart, but a random channel that I think has not uploaded a video in about 10 years still Classic. has it. Um, can't get that. But maybe maybe one day when I'm... If I can get to a million subscribers, I reckon I'll have enough uh, you know, big dick energy to sort of say, hey, <laughs> give me that name. That's mine now. You've not uploaded for 10 years. This is mine. Bye. And I, I'll drop the X10, but... Um, yeah, created Lionheart X10, started uploading videos. That was back when the video limit was 10 minutes. And I thought it was a good idea to start making a really long Let's Play of Empire Total War in 10-minute chunks. I, I don't know. How did I ever make any progress? Because sometimes I can waffle on for 15 minutes before I actually do anything in a game. So I don't know how I actually managed to string along some kind of story. <laughs> I, think, I think it's actually really important. On the off chat, I, I think this is actually possible because the internet is populated by children. End turns in Empire. Oh, but that would have taken up like, take like two thirds of the video. Way more than ten <laughs> minutes. Yeah, 
yeah, especially I, with I, a computer that's eating your CPU just to record the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's it's crazy that that was a thing. Um, one one episode yeah, I, for a turn. There you go. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through and I can see. I could see the number you of times when I when I. I, I don't know if I cut them out. I don't know if I knew how to edit back then. If there was anything to edit, it was just start, stop, throw into YouTube and hope for the best. I mean, there wasn't, there weren't any thumbnails back then. Um, or if there was, I definitely didn't know how to do them because I'm just looking back through all the old ones. But I can see as I got more proficient with recording, I started recording until 10 minutes 59 because it didn't hit the 11 minute mark and therefore YouTube would accept it. Nice. <laughs> Gaming the system right from the start. Oh yes, oh yeah, and then then as you as you if you scroll back through all the old ones, you can see, you know, a good chunk of the way down. Oh, suddenly YouTube added fifteen minute videos. Oh, someone's doing well. Um, so yeah, started making slightly. But that was that was actually I think I'd been doing it. it must have been about a year and a half until that fifteen minute update came out to YouTube, and you could upload more. That is that is just stupid. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I've just seen it. the Napoleon Total War Peninsula campaign part twelve. 14 minutes 59 there we go there we go <laughs> it is actually amazing to think how relatively young youtube is um i'm sure old looking at that when underneath it, it goes 11 years ago you uploaded this and i'm just like christ yeah it was bad because I, I clicked as i as i actually sometimes do because they're a weird guilty pleasure of mine i click those old vlogs of yours Oh god! When you were yeah. doing your A levels, because they're, they're just so fun. <laughs> oh, I've just I found actually... the one where I had a massive black eye as well. That's okay, fun. this is not really what we wanted to talk about, but it no. It, how did you get a black eye? <laughs> uh, hockey, field hockey. That's really disappointing, isn't it? It's, well, I mean, I took oh, a sorry. Sorry, face. that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> one, I hope it wasn't that bad, but like, I was really hoping for some like expose never before told story about how you just got punched in the face for being an asshole no just <laughs> just took a hockey ball to the face as i say you, you still didn't know that that wasn't the reason yeah i forget the hockey like you know that could have happened it's a dangerous game isn't it oh, uh, oh yeah looking at these old videos i had hair look at that kill oh. Yeah, no let's, let's not talk that. about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> CGI back in the day, two thousand nine. <laughs> um, so I guess that's that's how it all started. How is it going now? Much better. Um, videos are much longer. Uh, <laughs> the hair is much um, shorter. The hair is hair is much shorter. It, it, nearly non-existent on the head, and but growing longer on the beard. So on the chin. So that's all good. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I've been doing. I went. I've been doing it full time treating it as a job basically rather than a than a hobby since september 2013 when when room 2 came out just because channel exploded and yeah earnings were jumping up from a couple of hundred pounds a month to just over a thousand pounds and that was a time where i just finished uni and some of the jobs i was applying to were only offering me about the same amount of pay so i was like why not why not do something I actually enjoy right now and do this full time rather than something I'm not going to enjoy applying to all these retail shops and things like that. So yeah, just, just took off from 2013 and each year it's gone from strength to strength. Uh, I mean, doing let's plays isn't the most optimal way to grow a channel on YouTube and focusing on a, a niche within a niche that is total war pretty much um, within the gaming sphere also isn't, isn't the most effective way to grow, but 
I've kind of found that even even though there's been a, a rise of other Total War Let's players that's kind of started dropping off in more recent years, I'm, you know, channel's still going strong because I'm probably one of the few left that actually, you know, does does a full campaign and kind of one of sort of the places to go to to see campaigns of the new games when they come out. So I've I've carved out my niche. I'm very happy lying in it. Um there's there's more flexibility in what I upload than I think some people think. I think some people will go, oh, there's no way you can upload anything but Total War. But you know, I've, I've been able to do some of Paradox's titles, Crusader Kings, Mountain Blade, Bandlord, things like that, and it all takes fairly well. And ultimately, with the Total War stuff doing so well, I can kind of afford to to you know upload nearly whatever I want, and it it's still fine. Um, but when so, we were yeah. we we were just checking. I think mostly to make sure that I just didn't put my foot in it. I will. Don't <laughs> worry. That's coming. Don't worry. I, I will say something even more stupid than usual. Uh, but like the Dawn of War videos have done phenomenally well. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're they've done great. Like the um, the Winter Assault ones, the first one, I mean, 30,000 30, views, and the other ones at eight point six and six point nine. Uh, honestly, anything over three K for those, I would have been happy with, because um, they're such old games, and it's it, again, it's like a niche within a niche. Like and that's, that's, a, that's that. a Twitch campaign as well, isn't it? Or yeah, it's a Twitch campaign, so it's 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 immediately going to put some people off when they see my faces on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's just it's just a win win, really. I mean, yeah, the the original uh, I did Dawn of War at the start of the year, about six months ago. And that first episode was 51,000 views. And then most of the episodes were anywhere between like the 10 to sort of 15, 20K for, for, for most. I think maybe the finale dropped off a little bit, but that's, those are, those are good numbers. I mean, I always, I always sort of say if, if I'm doing a game that's not quite within the same format of Total War or not you know, if it's not Total War, if I can get 10,000 views on the first five videos, then I'm pretty happy. Um, so, yeah, really pleased with that. And it's just nice to play kind of some classic strategy games that I played growing up and that I've never played on the channel before. But as I'm getting older and uh, a fair chunk of my audience has kind of, kind of grown up with me and the channel, you know, it's a lot of kind of shared experiences of, oh yeah, I played that when I was, you know, 16 as well. And, and it's it's nice to kind of be able to have that to kind of like relate to the community as well. Absolutely. I think Dawn of War is, is one that's exactly like that for me, where I, you know, it's a game that I played when I was a bit younger. Uh, I think weirdly, we we're all more or less exactly the same age. That's probably a year in it. Um, so, so it's really, it's really very nice to see all that. Actually, before you came on, um, Sean and I were just talking about RTSs, like Dawn of War, obviously a great one, Age of Empires two, um, but we couldn't really remember any good ones in recent years. Yeah, are, are we just missing one? Like, please tell me <laughs> we're just missing one. I mean, <laughs> nothing, nothing, like. I mean, Supreme Commander wasn't that recent, but like it, it was, it was, it was after the the the, the classics. Um, but uh, such a shame they never made Dawn of War three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I look at I look back at Supreme Commander, that was two thousand seven. 
And I think, oh, that wasn't that long ago. Yes, it bloody was. Christ. Hot take, Dawn of War 3 was amazing. That was stupid. Like, even <laughs> no, the, actually, I can't, I can't even say that with a straight face. I'm it's sorry. Too Dawn late. Guess, guess who <laughs> just won tinfoil for life with that stupid <laughs> statement. Um, the only, the only, the only thing Dawn of War three can say that it did better than any of the others was that its cinematic trailer was fucking brilliant, and <laughs> everyone was like, fair. "This is going to be awesome." Actually, no, oh that's wait, all, all the all the budget and focus actually went into that trailer, and then we were just like, "Oh, let's <laughs> let's make a game that's Dawn of War one and Dawn of War two, but actually doesn't please anyone that played Dawn of War one or Dawn of War two. Oh, yeah, here you go. Good games. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand how you can have two very different styles or like focus of RTS with Dawn of War Two being on the, the the RPG elements of building up your your small Space Marine squad and Dawn of War One being the very classic, uh, you know, build a base, pump out units, and straightforward uh, strategy game. I don't know how you can have that pedigree and go. Let's fuck this up because uh, it should be. It should be easy to go let's take the base building and the armies of one and add in just a couple of rpg elements for the heroes mm. like that's all they needed to do and they somehow went oh let's do that but also let's strip down a load of these features and make it really streamlined because <laughs> we kind of want to set this up as the next like starcraft for for the esports and it, no, oh. it's not starcraft though it's dota they tried to make the next dota but with just enough that they could lie to those of us who'd loved one and two and say, oh no, it's the same game, guys, don't worry. I mean, I That's don't know how, the- you pl- how you play Dota, but there's no way you can play a Dota game quick as quick as you can play a Dawn of War 3 multiplayer game. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't play Dota. That's probably the problem. I'm just, as usual, talking about things I don't know anything about. Sorry, that's a lie. I know everything about everything. Um, but I guess... We sort it's just, of it's, to... it's just streamlined to the point where they wanted it super accessible and accessible not only for single player but also for a multiplayer scene that they were trying to build up. And yeah. it, it just, it, I just feel like focusing on that side, you can tell it's at a design level that's where their focus was. It wasn't at any point let's focus on making this the best strategy game we can make it. Because if they had focused on that, it would have been the perfect combination of Dawn of War 1 and 2. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it never happened, so I, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, maybe about Dawn this. of War um, 4 will uh, fix it, or Dawn of War 3, should we say. Um, one, one can hope, right? Right? right. I have no hope. <laughs> hope is dead. Hope is kindled, my friend. <laughs> I can't do that accent any justice, I'm afraid. Or that voice. Um, yeah, no, leave, leave the Gandalf impressions to Lion Hope. Yes, yes. Fall of so. Uh, I I guess um, do we well I don't know what I was where I was going with that I guess before we move on finish this half an hour introduction um, what (laughs) two questions what's your favourite Total War game and is that the same as what's your favourite video game in general just before we actually talk about oh. what we Okay, first first question, easy. It's Warhammer Two because um, it, right it's answer. the best Total War. It's the best Total War game CA have ever released. Sorry, historical fans. I bloody love historical games. I love historical Total Wars. The best historical they've released was Attila. 
throwing that out there as well. But the Whoa. the the breadth and depth that Warhammer adds into the series, like I know some historical fans, just, I don't like fantasy, I don't like, but the the mechanic systems, the everything that runs in the background, while at times it may not be as deep, you know, like menu wise as previous Total Wars, or it may not have as many buildings to build, but there is just so much going on in every single Warhammer Two campaign and every new faction that they add in, it just completely dwarfs any historical offering by quite a long way. Um, and but, but at the same time, it makes me excited for when they do eventually release a more kind of classic, historically focused, none of this fancy nonsense or hybrid mode to a historical mm-hmm. title again. I'm really looking forward because if they don't take advantage of what they've learned about adding depth and adding layers via f- unique faction mechanics and you know terrain systems if if they add all that in and apply it to a historical game oh my days that's going to be amazing that is going to be brilliant uh but equally if they don't do any of that then it's going to be bloody dull and they fucked up again <laughs> well no I- so uh, don't, <laughs> don't don't fuck up ca please Please, 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 we beg you. <laughs> yeah, please, not again. They try. Um, they try so hard. Yeah. Favorite, like, is it the same as my favorite video game? I mean, I love playing Total War games. Um, I, just, I wouldn't be able to do it for a for a living if I didn't. But um, I I I don't think I have one that one video game that stands out above the others. I have I'll probably have like a favorite video game for for strategy and a favorite like mm, shooter yeah. and a and a favorite favorite MOBA or something like that. I mean like off the off the top of my head like really quickly like Warhammer two, Call of Duty two, and uh, Dota two. I would say like those are my like top three that. COD 2 I haven't played for years, but that was the FPS that I fell in love with and just played a lot of a lot of that. And it was I think it was probably the first FPS that I had a decent like internet connection that wasn't dial up. And so I was actually able to play with friends. Um probably that and Battlefield 2. Um And that's a massive so, game changer. Battlefield yeah, 2, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with you on just that one. Huge. Yeah. Good times. So I think what we wanted to do um was discuss a, a topic that's probably quite close to each of our um, hearts. Now, obviously, on this podcast, we've talked about J.R.R. Tolkien's work quite a lot. We've spoken about The Lord of the Rings a lot. I've put about some objectively true and completely, <sighs> you know, unattackable views on the legitimacy of <laughs> yeah, Aragorn's I knew, claim. I knew, I knew you just had to bring it up again. Uh, untouchably correct views. Um, so I think to continue our quest for controversy, which is a nice, which is a polite way of saying to continue our quest to say some of the stupidest shit that people have ever said <laughs> about the Lord of the Rings. We wanted to ask you in particular, Lionheart, do you think, actually, no, there's an important caveat here. None of us have any inside information on the subject of this question whatsoever. This is all pure speculation. But on, with that caveat out of the way, do you think that CA could successfully make Total War Lord of the Rings or Total War Middle-Earth or anything like that? Do you think they could make it? Do you think it would be a good game? 
if they did it to the best of their ability. And I guess the final question, should they do that? Um, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Thank I you mean, for listening. Um, yeah, yeah, great um, episode, guys. <laughs> good day and good night. No, um, if, if this conversation was taking place uh, before 2016, before Warhammer 1 had come out, yeah. then I think we'd have all been like, you know, it would be great, but CA have only ever done historical titles, a fancy title from them. It's a pipe dream. The closest we've got is mods. But they have the best portfolio now to go to any license holder of any fancy IP and go, look at what we did to the Warhammer franchise. Look at what we did to the, to the Warhammer IP. This is exactly what we can do with your fancy IP. Um, let us have it, basically. I think it's it's not a case of like technical skill or you know could they actually make it. It's whether they could get the license to be allowed to make mm. it. Uh, could they strike up that deal to make it work? Um, you know, could could uh, Papa Sega Sonic uh, give them enough money to make it make it happen? God, that's um, Sonic as a sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah. Sonic, I mean, so he's, he, that's basically it. Papa Sonic. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah uh, no, I guess I guess that makes sense. I guess maybe maybe the question isn't a technical one. It's not a. Do we think that there is enough? You know. I mean, like now. I mean, like, it, I said, it would have been a very different answer be- <laughs> before Warhammer had come out. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that. I was very skeptical in the in the build up to Warhammer, like with the initial announcements. Just, I mean, my I was getting hyped. I was getting excited for it, but I kept on kind of saying the same sort of phrase of, "I just really hope this allows CA to take the gloves off and just go crazy hmm. because they won't have any historical confines to you know be like, oh, we can't push that that much with that unit doing that kind of thing or." this faction mechanic working that way with warhammer you've literally got all all realms mm. appearing and and magic and flying and monsters and chaos and gods and everything coming together so and they've delivered you know the, the gloves are off i don't think they've ever put them back on which i mean is kind of a problem in itself for some of the historical titles in, in some ways but um uh, yeah i mean i think they they definitely technically can do it um should they do it Yes, um, it's it's a it's an amazingly well established IP, and I I would you know say it's probably one of the most, if not the most, recognizable fantasy, uh, you know, IP out there for me- multiple generations now. Um, and obviously, the recent I say I say recent the. <laughs> The films that came out. The films um, that came out were twenty years ago. <laughs> we're twenty years. Christ, oh, I'm so old. Um, the films that came out. Obviously, you've got the Amazon TV show. I mean, if there was a time for them to try and strike up that that deal, now's the time when that you know in the background they should be doing that. And when it gets asked on my streams and, and stuff like that, of like, oh, what do what do I think? Sierra will do after Warhammer. I mean, I always sort of you know, double it back and be like, oh, what do you mean historical or fantasy? Because they've always got historical teams doing their own stuff. But in terms of fantasy, CA are not going to stop doing fantasy games now. No. And I, I don't mean that in a sense of, oh, you know, some people be like, oh, they'll just do hybrid his- romanticized historical games or games that they can put in a fantasy or like Troy mythological mode and a historical mode. No, no, no. They are still going to have that dedicated branch of just fantasy games because they'd be stupid from a business perspective not to. And at the end of the day, you know, say aren't our friends, they're a business, they're there to make money. Um, if they could be our friends at the same time, that's lovely. But um <laughs> that would you know, it's they're not they're not going to abandon 
that fantasy arm of the business. At the same time, though, I think it's potentially unlikely that they'll go and do another IP. I would imagine Games Workshop at the end of this trilogy are going to be like, hey, that was really financially you know, beneficial for both of us. Here's another one of our IPs. Have a crack at this. Mm. Um, I, I would imagine they're going to keep going with that for a very long time, um, as long as both of them can make money. So See, I, I've kind of come round to the sort of way of thinking that it's it's net with with anything now with any kind of ip it's never going to be a case of if they can do it it's just a case of when uh when being when they can get the deal on the table to be accepted to get that license agreement or when they actually have time money and resources to 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 make that game with that ip see it's interesting that you um you say that. So I think you're absolutely right in your streams. I remember one of the, the things that always comes up is, oh, what's the next one? Should they make a Game of Thrones Total War? Should they make mm. a... Well, that's my that, that's Thrones, my suggestion. I think that Game of Thrones should be their next fantasy IP, but that's a different question. Um, I think they missed, yes. the, they missed the boat on that. I, I, I think, think they were doing it. Right. They should have done it about five years ago. I think that's right. It's kind of sailed, hasn't it? But I think the link with Games Workshop is, is a very good one. So obviously they could go in a 40k direction. Mm. I guess an Age of Sigmar direction or just a whole new fantasy Warhammer direction. Um, but I guess Games Workshop also has a license to Lord of the Rings, right? So yeah. maybe there's a potential inroad there. Uh, I'd have to Possibly, defer to, yeah. to a competent lawyer. I, I don't know any, unfortunately. But <laughs> um, maybe, maybe there's there's something to be done there. But I, I'm, am, I, am I right in saying that the Lord of the Rings sort of video game franchise is owned by, or the, the rights are owned by Warner Brothers? Um, you are, I mean, but but they've passed it on. I think. Yeah, and I don't know if they ever actually held the the because a lot of the way the licenses work is they they get broken down by genre. Mm-hmm. So Warner Brothers would have only ever had the one for like RPG, uh, Lord of the Rings games. Another another company could have stepped in and done a Lord of the Rings RTS because that would have been like treated as a separate license. Um, because that's do. exactly what Games Workshop do with all of their Warhammer licenses. Because obviously, um, you know, there's, there's, there's. Uh, so, so I mean, look at say the Dawn of War series. Uh, Relic had that, but at the same time, you had um, other companies having your your Space Marine first person shooter mm-hmm. um, licenses and and everything else. I think that's. I think that's a fair point. It's not a question of can they. It's or it's it's when will they? And then, as you're right, from a business perspective. They need to make the games that are going to make them the most money because they're a company and that's what they exist to do. And it would be lovely if they could be like a friend as well. But like, I think I think I think my problem is like, I, I I think this is my own fault. I think I asked you the wrong question. And maybe a better way of putting it is is I don't think that I would I can envisage a game made by CA that's going to give me the feel of Lord of the Rings that I want. And which is that fear? So it's that shot from Return of the King, rising up over the Pelennor fields with the army of Rohan mustered behind Theoden as the sun rises, right? And that sort of soaring wellspring of emotion to me is 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 basically what Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and The Silmarillion to a lesser extent are. And I can't imagine being able to do that in a Total War game because it ultimately they're they're strategy games, and so that means that they're almost exclusively resource management games and i don't i don't want resource management in lord of the rings and that's basically where my entire objection to the whole thing comes from can i just add to that as well i think 
that particular image for me, and I, I'm, I must admit, I'm picturing Lionheart playing this, right? Full Cav army riding over <laughs> the crest of the hill, coming down the classic Warhammer 2 style charge where you do virtually no damage and then all your Cav die. <laughs> And um, I mean, they were—they so. were shouting—they were shouting death as they charge. So I'm only fulfilling, you know, what they were going on about, <laughs> basically, giving the people what they want. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's <laughs> very true. I mean, my 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 counter question would be: if if not CA, who can make the the strategy game that will live up to that Lord of the Rings dream? I can't in think terms of another strategy, studio I don't, I don't think there is strategy strategy titles the on that people. on that scale. No, no, you're uh, 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 and I think to get maybe, and I think to get that that scale, it has to be, it has to be total war, because um, even Battle for Middle Earth, you could never quite get that that huge battle scale. Um, and mm. but I guess the campaign map side of things would be yeah resource management and X resource required to recruit you know three hundred and twenty Gondorian swordsmen or whatever. But the battles are going to probably be as close to kind of those yeah. cinematic scenes as, as we're going to get. Um, just because yeah, I don't think yeah, there's really you, anyone you, you, within. You're, you're the... absolutely right, and and like fr- from a from a doing this as battles perspective. CA are the only people who can make this game. I I completely agree with that. My my it's it's just a me being weird and peculiar about the fact that I really don't want to be worrying about upkeep costs as Elrond, because it just doesn't fit with my image of <laughs> like how the elves work, basically. Because I don't imagine Elrond ca- collects taxes in Rivendell and then pays his soldiers. I I don't know how they work, but it doesn't feel like that, basically. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 yeah, that's. I think that's quite a good segue because obviously, uh, I believe the campaign is still ongoing, right? The Elrond Third Age. I want to say Divide and Conquer, but I can never. I can never remember those mods. It's finished. Uh, but it's a medieval. It's done. Two mod. Oh, is it finished now? Ah, I've yet to watch. It's that. finished. Yeah, 150 uh, episodes. Episode. Longest ever series I've done. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. It's over. <laughs> but I guess so. In many ways, we we kind of have a Lord of the Rings Total War, right? Yeah, just running on a yeah, yeah. I mean, Third now, Age and Divide and Conquer, yeah, running fun. on Medieval Two is going to be the the closest you're going to get to that that Lord of the Rings game. I think for probably still quite a long time. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, um, what have happened to that Attila? Uh, Lord of the Rings mod. Is that Rise of Mordor. Rise, yeah, Rise of Mordor is still in development. Um, they have made headway in making a custom campaign map, so it's not just going to be a battle mod. They are going to attempt to see how far they can push the campaign map to make it a full playable campaign with all the factions. But, mm. I mean, yeah, Medieval Medieval 2 came out in, what, 2006? And Kingdoms was 2007, and that was the framework which Third Age was built on. I think the first uh, playable build of Third Age didn't come out until, like, 2012, so it was a good, you know, three years of solid development uh, not three years, sorry, um, five years of, of development um, on that mod to get it to a, to a releasable state. Uh, and okay, things have changed and, and modders can probably work quicker and faster and, and know a bit more about it all now. Mm-hmm. But um, I still but we've, think that, you know, I mean, that, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very long time before that's in a, you know, before I'll be doing a Rise of Mordor 
Isengard campaign, uh, if 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 ever, if they don't manage to get it to a to a playable point. Yeah, and I, I guess we've seen over the last few weeks as well, companies who own IP, uh, particularly the Games Workshop, come down on people who are monetizing their IP, and there's not not one for this, but someone like Rise of Mordor. Um, if they can't essentially monetize that and pay their modders full time, it's going to take them even longer because people will be doing it mm. in their evenings and weekends rather than exactly, as a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, mo- and modders are never going to have the resources that a, for example, Sega-backed studio are. Um, and it's, it's really murky that because I, I will confess that I think the only reason I bought that game was specifically to play Third Age. And I, to this day, have yeah, not I played mean, a single campaign of the, of the base game. <laughs> it definitely, it's definitely driven sales. It's definitely driven sales. Um, but I, I guess the question to, then for you, Sean, is, is: Do you? Uh, yeah, sorry, Lionheart. Um, do Do you like that game, Sean? And do you think that that Divide is a solid platform on which to build a Lord of the Rings total war game? Divide and conquer. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, and no. I, I think because it has all the money elements and the upkeep elements, and it all that does. Business, I, th- right? I think it's a little bit hampered by the fact that Medieval Two is fifteen, sixteen years old now. Yeah, that doesn't help, right? So it's not not just in terms of like it, it's actually quite hard to get it running and things like that. Because it's not too bad, but more like there's a lot of game design elements in Medieval Two, like diplomats as agents for example things like that which like like them or, or or hate them they're not in more modern total war games because they just they're, they're just blockers on fun in, in in some people's views including mine um so I, I i struggle with it a bit from that perspective but i do also just a little bit struggle with it there's mechanics in that so that because divide and conquer has the medieval to culture mechanics if you're playing as, say, the High Elves, I think, Lionheart, you found this when you were sort of steamrolling across Gondor, basically. In order to... There's, there's like, returning settlements to Gondor, Dol Amroth, whoever it might be, involves you taking them in a siege, which is fine, and then you're given that Occupy, Sack, Exterminate option. And no matter who you are... Unless you're taking one of your own settlements, the correct option is exterminate, which just is really, for me is like really jarring. And that, that's only one mechanic of, of the game, which is obviously much yeah, bigger. Yeah, like the, the, like, the there's lots of mechanics little things force like you to play a specific way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah, it's, it's not that it's definitely not the perfect um, Lord of the Rings uh, strategy game, but I think it's it's probably just one of the the closest that we've that we've got. Um, and you're right. Unless it's unless it's a dedicated Lord of the Rings game from the ground up, it's it's never really going to stand a chance with 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 people, I guess, like yourself that have no, a very specific um, idea of what they want the a Lord of the Rings strategy game or, but, or a Lord of the Rings yeah. uh, game of that scale to to be like. It can't be built off the back of of an existing title. And I guess that's why you no, kind I'll, of I'll, like feel like there's concerns with CA making yeah. a, a total war. Uh, game because it would be perhaps too focused on the resource side or the managing your culture and stuff which realistically within the Lord of the Rings universe wouldn't make a huge amount of sense to necessarily all of the factions if if any of them at, at times 
No, I, I think if, if you if you I'll come back to the Palinor to Palinor Fields moment because it's front of front of mind at the moment. But if you if you go to that in actually in the book in Return of the King, um, and there's a fantastic video on YouTube of Tolkien himself reading out that passage. Oh yeah, you uh, to yeah, the to the, the the music in the film, and I'll, I'll send it send it to you afterwards. But like, at no, this is just slightly ad absurdum, but at no point is there a suggestion of like, oh, and, you know, Theodon, Theodon pulled off a delicate flanking manoeuvre here, and he made sure that those spears had their back turned when they were engaged. It's all about the glory and the like, lyricalness of the charge. Right? And I, I just I, I, I basically need CA to make exactly the game that I want Lord of the Rings Total War to be. And I'm very worried that I'm the only person in the world who wants that game. But perhaps then, <laughs> well, maybe I just need to learn to be a moderate. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe, but perhaps then asking for a Lord of the Rings Total War isn't necessarily the right thing, but a a Middle Earth one. Maybe, maybe. So I, I think the the issue that I have is, is quite similar. Is that I, I wouldn't want to replay, say, the War of the Ring or the War in the North. Um, because in my head those are very fixed events and they happened. But perhaps, I don't know, maybe a first age game or fourth, fifth age game, you know, who knows what can happen. Yeah. Which which gives you a I bit mean, more freedom, maybe that that is Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean if there's gonna if there's gonna be a Lord of the Rings game in the next few years, you know, perhaps there's some kind of deal that can be struck with what Amazon are doing. I think it would make mm. more sense that it is a Middle Earth Total War rather than a specific Lord of the Rings Total War and again it's more about the same the same way that they uh, approach most of their titles okay Warhammer you're set along uh, not a completely railroaded narrative but obviously you you know what's going to happen in the end eventually um, one way or another but I mean especially with historicals it's all about uh, not replaying history but dropping you into a historical setting and era the mm. timeline and then allowing the player complete yeah. complete sandbox freedom to, to to go about doing whatever they want if they want to follow history they can if they want to you know do something completely different they they can do something completely different um so i think perhaps you're saying maybe maybe rather than make it feel restricted to just the lord of the Rings setting do do it as a broader middle earth uh title to start with uh i mean if they did uh, it, it would business sense uh it would i think feel like it would make more sense to do middle earth and then you would have a lord of the rings dlc which would add in like the mm-hmm. the start positions of all the factions at the time of the war of the ring or something like that and yeah for sure you can have that one for that, that, that's, that, that's a real licensing problem as well because uh, perhaps after passing christopher Tolkien, it might be slightly different but the Tolkien estate was always famously reluctant to let people write their own narratives within Mm. Um, yes, yeah, within within the wider legendarium, right? So, so then, back on that, maybe then a Lord of the Rings would only be, would be the only way they would allow it to happen if it was just yeah, yeah, yeah. this, this, and this. Um, but, but then again, they they made Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor, which are that's true, which are just completely made up and just yeah. put roughly within the setting, and they created their own character, and they were actually. I mean, that is a good case point for allowing other studios to kind of do what they mm. want with other well-known characters obviously she lobs present in that and she is depicted quite differently and has, has a lot of has a lot of different things going on with with all of that um 
Well, and I mean, maybe, maybe himself. There's... I mean, he's he's a yeah. proper elf, you know. I mean, maybe there's maybe there's only a limit of like you you can you can do what you want with five of our characters, but the rest, mm-hmm. no, there are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think there's an interesting mechanical point there as well, because you mentioned historical total wars, and yeah, it's it's just placing you in situations in history, and then you got to kind of tactic your way around. Uh, I think both on the campaign map as well in, as in battle, because ultimately in history, you know, especially if we sort of pick Europe, there's not huge amounts of variety in terms of what kind of tactics would have been available to you, uh, and so that, uh, or, or rather, what kind of troops and, and weapons and whatnot were available to you. So I think tactics are really important there. I think to maybe address Sean's concern of, you know, how do you do the Pelennor Fields, you know, when it's just, you know, we're the Rohirrim and we're going to charge in and save the day. You can just go for a Warhammer approach um, where everything is kind of batches insane. All the units are wildly different uh, and implement it that way. I think I think they could make that work for me, uh, you know, making all the factions feel different and have... You know, not not that you need to charge the row, the Hurrimin from the side or something, but just I don't know, pop a pop a, a Theoden ability where they just do you know five thousand percent charge damage <laughs> or something. Um, so I think, and I think they could find the balance. I, I think I trust CA enough mm. to to kind of make that work at least. I'd love to play that, you know, honestly. Uh, yeah, and and to be absolutely clear, if CA make this game, I will probably buy two copies just because. That'll That's very really kind of you. Uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be that excited by it. I'm just it's more basically uh, say, watching Lionheart streams or, or what have you. It comes up what weekly would you say at least? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could could they Definitely. do Lord of the Rings? And every time I see people asking it, I just get a little twitch, and I don't know what that little twitch is. I think it's this idea. <laughs> I think I think it pedestrianizes Lord of the Rings very simplistically. I think I think what it what it does is it detracts from the the story that Tolkien was trying to tell, yeah. which is not actually a story about massive armies clashing on the battlefield. That's that's the whole point of the fellowship that you couldn't do what they did with big armies. It, it's all about people and 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 their their interpersonal relationships. Counter argument the host of the Valar. Yeah, but but the host of the Valar don't fix the problems of the Third Age. <laughs> no, but they, they sure as hell fix some other major problems. No, no, absolutely. But but the host of the Valar is still not... It's, it's still different because that's a sort of war in heaven style conflict. And yes, they're... they're, they're they are, they draw up in ranks and and what have you, but so so I guess the question for you is how how do you implement how do, how, do you, how, how do you implement, how do you implement the fact how do you implement the fact that the single most important moment from a sort of narrative the the single most important narrative point that Tolkien was making was that Bilbo's mercy saves the world. That's that's a core message of Lord of the Rings that that can, you can't put in a total war game. Well, maybe you can. Maybe maybe I'm just not smart enough. But like, well, that's definitely true. <laughs> like I just I, I I struggle to see how how you do that and remain true to the source material, basically. Um, and that that concerns me. I mean, it's, I guess it's the representation of the strength of a few 
yeah. breaks the actions mm. of many. Exactly. Um, uh, I mean, you would, it would have to have an interesting, you know, they'd have to be obviously hero mechanics and, and made probably spectacularly powerful, but would that then work within balancing everything else around it? Probably not. Um, I, I feel that if you want something that perhaps tells the, or helps spread the message of Tolkien, then a classic or, or straightforward Total War Lord of the Rings game isn't the way to go about it. But if you want to transport yourself into the into the realm of Tolkien and perhaps maybe get some whispers of those messages, but mm. you know, death and glory, big charges everywhere being the main points of action, then that that's what a Total War game is gonna gonna provide with that with that IP. And provide it well, I think. It would just be undeniably fun. Let's let's not kill ourselves. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I I'll play the crap out of a Tolkien Lord of the Rings Middle Earth or whatever they want to call it. They do it. I'll play it. You realize you're going to have to play the entire campaign using your Gandalf voice, right? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to that. So yeah, if you're listening, which of course you are, uh, best podcast out there. Um, please make it just so we can force Lionheart to, to put on his Gandalf voice for I'll do, 150 I'll do a bud- plus a bu- episodes. Budget Gandalf uh, voice actor <laughs> available. You don't need Sirian. I'll do it. <laughs> Although Sirian, if you're free, you know. If Sirian wants to come on our podcast. Ian, please, actually, honestly, if you're free, please do it because it would be so much better. <laughs> I think that's that sort of covers it for me. I've, I feel like I've been well and truly chastised for my for missing the point which I think is, is absolutely right I think I should have been I guess my, my last question is park Lord of the Rings for the moment yes that would be great if CA could do it is there another fantasy IP out there that you would want to see Creative Assembly tackle we've we've spoken about Age of Sigmar 40k maybe maybe. I mean I think, is, is I, think I think they'll go on to do one of those if mm. not both at some point I mean, I would have loved to have seen them do a Game of Thrones one, but I think the the horse has bolted on that. Um, well, with, with, again, with the new TV shows in the works, there's there's maybe hope yet. Possibly, possibly. I mean, ultimately, I'm I think I'm just more excited for the unknown of what what fantasy do they do yeah. after they're done with Warhammer, um, if they're done with Warhammer, which I don't think they will be, but eventually one day they will be, and I think that's when it gets very exciting because they've got. They've shown now they've got the you know the portfolio the the they've they've got that CV of being able to create and craft a, a cracking fantasy strategy game. Um, the world's their oyster if they can get the license, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've I've sort of got two points for that. One is what I'm hoping turns into a shameless plug because I feel you get asked this all the time. Uh, so now you can just link them this this podcast. <laughs> Um, do you think they could make 40k work? Because it is yes. quite different. <laughs> they've, I mean, Warhammer Fantasy already they've shown um, that they can do factions with large unit scale and small unit scale. I mean, look at the Skaven weapon teams. Uh, that could quite easily turn into Space Marines um, squads, quite nice and small, mobile. Um, they, I, th- I think what they, it, it won't be perfect, but I think they've definitely laid the groundwork, the foundations for 
attempting a 40k version at some point obviously they can't just you know slap a 40k skin on it and call it a day they've got to do a lot of other work to other mechanics and i think you've got to have more destructible environments and things like that but as i said i don't think anything's off the table anymore it, as preposterous as it may seem or sound you know the moment they they cracked into the warhammer series and showed that they could do it hmm. um yeah i think i think they'll have a go at anything that they can that they can get their hands on I think I think that's absolutely right. I think the jump from having successfully made Warhammer, Warhammer Two, and Warhammer Three to making forty k is a much bigger jump than going from making Attila to making Warhammer One. Like, but but this is something we have to bear in mind, right? Because this same team has been able to incrementally improve on what they have right because if if we think back to warhammer one it was good um i I think it was not necessarily better or worse it was kind of different to the total wars they'd done obviously but it wasn't necessarily fantastic whereas warhammer 2 they clearly built on that and have in my opinion uh, as well produced probably the finest total war game that's out there now aside from just it being fantasy i think it it also just works a lot better (laughs) Yeah. yeah, the fact that it's a it's a living product and they can keep on improving upon it across the trilogy and they never have to completely restart because they've got that base of the previous title to build on. Uh, I mean, just look at the look at the quality change between the Warhammer One factions in Warhammer One and how they've then been updated and improved in Warhammer Two. I mean, it's they're they're whole new factions basically. Yeah, someone say Beastmen <laughs> went went from shittest faction to, on the map to what the hell? <laughs> what a wrecking ball! I think I'm going to have to shoot now, guys, because um, Cabot needs some some more help. No, no, of course. I think we're 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 wrapping up here. So, I think it's good cool. timing. Yeah. yeah, good timing from Cabot there. <laughs> Just want to say thanks. Really, it's a been an Which absolute pleasure. Having me. Really uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, and no, thank yeah, thank you for for coming on. Glad we were able to distract you from parenting duties, <laughs> ever so briefly. We apologize uh, to your wife. Very much so. <laughs> I'll pass it along. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, go and go and uh, sleep. I imagine. Your thing, yeah, will do. So I guess all that all that remains for for Vib and I is to say thanks for listening uh, to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail Tweet us at Zero Expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. In our next episode, we are returning to the scene of some previous conflict on Expertise is Overrated as we head back to a galaxy far, far away. Oh, yes. This time, we will be reminiscing about our favourite duels in the Star Wars universe which I'm sure won't spark any arguments whatsoever. Join us then for more nonsense.